0: You are listening to Forward, a podcast of island readers and writers. This is your host, Taylor Mace. I am here today with author Alexandra Henricks. She is the author of Therese Makes a Tapestry and um, her forthcoming picture book, The Traveling Camera. Alexandra, thanks for joining me today from Old Town. Is that correct?
1: That is. Thanks for having me, Taylor.
0: Can you talk a little bit about your journey um, with books as a librarian and then um, as an author?
1: Sure. Um, I... You know, in some ways, the two journeys really have been parallel the entire time. I went to graduate school to get my history degree, and I was in a history Ph.D. program and, and quickly realized that I was on track to become a professor and that I really wanted to be working more with the public and with young, younger people than in the university setting. Um, and so, and my heart was always in books and always in in children's and young adult books. And so, I kind of switched gears. At the time, I was actually studying us thai foreign relations, and I completely switched. I began to study the history of childhood in the United States, and at the same time, I applied to the library and information studies program there. And so I made a very conscious decision to tailor my career around children's books and around connecting with readers um, and young readers in particular. So. At the same time that I was in those two programs, I was at the University of Wisconsin-Madison for graduate school, and it happened to be in a neighboring town to the headquarters for American Girl. So I grew up with American Girl. I absolutely love those books. They were really my introduction to historical fiction. And... I was desperate to work there like i i really really wanted to find a way to work there i applied to a a copyright job at the time that was covering a maternity leave i didn't get it but at the time they were so nice they said you know because of the nature of this job we it's easier to go with someone in-house because it's so temporary but we think you have something to offer here so keep Keep applying, keep thinking about it. You know, maybe something else will come up. And the next month, a position as a historical research assistant popped up. So I applied and I did get that job. And I worked there for three years, absolutely loved it. It really gave me insight into the publishing industry and working and collaborating with authors and illustrators and editors and art directors and just what a team process it was that it really isn't just an author bringing a story and off it goes but that there's so much work that happens together um, between all those all those different people and in that included me i worked directly with authors and illustrators in fact-checking um, both the text and the artwork and, and providing suggestions when it was appropriate and that sort of thing. And I was the lead researcher on a few of the American Girl mysteries. I got to write some of the back matter, the, um, the looking backs. They were, I, I think they're still called that. They were then. And so that was such a fun, fun job. I absolutely loved it. And I left when we moved to Maine because they they truly are in Wisconsin. Um, I couldn't have that job. But the silver lining to that was that I could now think about my own writing. So once I was in Maine, I really focused more on librarianship. Um, I will say also I... <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a juggler so at the same time I that I was at American Girl and in graduate school I also was part-time at a public library in as a children's librarian um, assistant and so I did already have some experience there and I started volunteering in libraries when I came here um, some, and, and working in the children's bookstore in Bangor, the Briar patch and I had a, a toddler <laughs> at my side. oh my goodness um and everyone was so welcoming to to both of us um and it i i really was welcomed into the community of of children's literature here and of young readers here um i really enjoyed working at the university of maine as well it gave me a different feel for the expectations of once students are out in the university and what what kinds of research skills are really needed for them at that point because it is a different that's part of the that's part of being a school librarian too so coming here now i feel like it's all coming together um and i in terms of my own writing the first book, Therese Makes a Tapestry, it was actually my supervisor at American Girl who introduced me to the editor, Elizabeth Nicholson, at the Getty Museum. And we went back and forth. Um, I was tremendously lucky because so many authors struggle for years to break in to the publishing world that way and she was willing to look at my writing right away based on my supervisor's recommendation he knew he knew i wanted to write children's books he'd already seen some of my words had been published in american girl books without a byline of course and so it was nice to, to have that introduction I mean beyond nice it it, it was a game changer for me um, and so I'm I'm really grateful to him his name is Mark Speltz and he's an author as well um, not of children's books but of, of other books and and a great historian and so that was how I met Elizabeth since then I joined the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. I'm now an assistant regional advisor for the northern New England region of of SCBWI. And um, I've met so many wonderful authors and illustrators and made incredible friends. It's it's a very warm. community of individuals it's a, a lot of fun to to be a part of it. it's it been hard I mean, it's been hard for everyone during the pandemic um, I know but it, you know it was such a such a disappointment not to be able to do our annual conference and see each other because the odd part of what, being an author is that it is a fairly solo solo profession and the work you're actually doing you do and in solitude to some extent and so to we always have so much fun when we actually get to see each other and and connect in person so that that part's been hard but yeah so uh, since then I have another book that will be coming out with the Getty the traveling camera which is the subtitle is Lewis Hine and the Fight to End Child Labor and that comes out in September and um and another book with Charles Burge that'll be coming out the following year as well. So things have been coming full circle now and really picking up steam a little bit, which is a lot of fun.
0: Well, that's a, an amazing um, sort of serendipitous career path. And I must say, as someone who grew up with Samantha, the Victorian <laughs> American girl, and who loved those um, books. I mean, I had Samantha the doll, but I had several of the books, and they were very, um, you know, made an um, quite an impression on me. And that's so uh, neat that you got to work there, and it makes sense that with your degree in history and um, love of books, that that would kind of take you to to the topics of your books, which is. Uh, my next question is um, about your, your newest book about Lewis Hine and the traveling camera, how you um, got to this topic and what in, uh, inspired you to turn it into a children's book?
1: Well, ironically, it goes back to those early days when I was at American Girl and in graduate school. And my one of my professors, who also was my advisor, Bill Rees, um, he introduced me to Lewis Hine's photographs in in our classes. And so Lewis Hine, in the early twentieth century, worked for the National Child Labor Committee, and he took pictures of children, working in different settings in mines, in um, in fields of for, for agricultural picking, berries picking, um, cotton, tobacco, I mean all kinds of different farm and plantation type settings and factories, all different all different realms and then within cities um there were the newsboys and newsgirls and bootblacks who shine shoes and peanut and candy sellers um and the the telegram the and messengers uh, so there was a huge variety and w- the reason he did this is not many people understood how many children were working at the time, and just how bad the conditions were? Um, you have to remember at this point, photography was relatively new. So whereas now we're we're accustomed to seeing photographs all over, you know, with every news article. Um, at that time, that that wasn't the case, and so he took thousands. And thousands of photographs of children, and the National Child Labor Committee helped him publish them. Um, and then he, they created, le- they held lectures and exhibits, and um, printed them in magazines and different journals to try and get the public's attention, so that the government would be able to re- pass laws regulating. Um, Child labor, and the book is actually dedicated to to Bill and to my my father, who is a photographer, as well, and the illustrator that they brought on, Michael Garland, in a somewhat serendipitous enough. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of serendipity yeah. in my in my career so far, and one thing that we found out about him when they when they brought it to him to see if he was interested is i believe it's his grandfather was working on the empire state building and was photographed by lewis hine
0: goodness wow
1: um, so and actually the position i haven't i've reached out but i you know in a like a snail mail letter that i don't even know if i sent out in the right address but when i actually took this job at leonard middle school i found out one of the former librarians her one of her relatives was also photographed by him because he took pictures um a lot of pictures in maine there were a lot of canneries especially in and around eastport Mm -hmm. um and so Yeah, I I was hoping I'd be able to connect with her and, you know, hear, hear from her. And maybe I still will, who knows, but. Maybe she'll uh, hear this podcast. Oh my goodness. I would love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll see if we can get it out to her. How would you describe the format um, of the writing?
1: I do think that it is written in free verse I mean I should know this right (laughs) yes it is written in free verse but but you know uh, um it went it went through so many evolutions but at one point I was reading his writing and he had a poetic voice as well and a very funny voice and um he made a, a lot of of great jokes and just had a lot of really rich language in his letters and articles um, that lent themselves so well to the words, lent themselves so well to that, that poetic form. Um, you know, I just hope my goal is just to do him justice, to do his work justice, to do the kids that he photographed justice because That was always his goal, too. Um, He, he, you know, even sometimes he would revisit a site years later and try to find the people again and check in with people that he interviewed before. He really cared so much about about the people he met and um, the children he was encountering. Um, The other big project he's known for, or remembered for now is taking pictures of the Empire State Building as it was being constructed. He wrote a book for young adults. It's probably, I would guess, one of the first young adult books out there. But he really intended it for adolescents, and he it was um, called. <laughs> I think I should remember this. I think it's called Working Men. And it's his pictures of, that's what, it's his work portraits. And that's what he was doing in the 20s. He was taking pictures of now adults um, in lesser known jobs and less celebrated jobs. But he was really interested in the intersection of people and industrialization and he tried to document that and did so i mean his work portraits are they're they're stunning you see I, honestly some of them I, I don't even remember but like what the actual job was but you see these men next to they look so small next to these enormous gears and metal and it's they're they're quite striking photographs he was always interested in, in, in labor in some way, and it's interesting he went from pointing out what was wrong with it to also celebrating it. Um, but I think I think the common thread through that is his interest in individuals and individual lives, and where their lives intersected with work. Hein really tried to make people see them as people to and and i think he had such successful photographs in part because he can he as a person did connect with these kids
0: Alexandra's book, The Traveling Camera, will be out September 14th and is available for pre-order now. Um, Alexandra, thank you for joining me today, and we look forward to that publication date and highly recommend um, everyone getting their hands on a copy of this.
1: Thank you, Taylor. I really appreciate it, and this has been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to Forward, a podcast of Island Readers and Writers. Get our new episodes every other Wednesday by subscribing to Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. For more about Island Readers and Writers programs, visit www.islandreadersandwriters.org.